Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. This is your Tingle Creek preview at Sandown, sponsored by 888 Sport. On today's show, find out Ed Quigley's big fancy for the Peterborough at Huntingdon. I think he's a huge prize, personally. 7-1 to one plays 6-4, to four, whatever. I just think it's a, a massive prize. Find out which horse 888 Sport ambassador Barry Geraghty thinks can beat third-time Lucky. He really impressed me. I don't see any reason why you can't give uh, third-time Lucky a run. He's a... He's a one we like, so I'll keep an eye on him. And here, the nap that Andy Holding was desperate not to give out on the podcast uh, at Sandown on Saturday. Yeah, my nap of the weekend's wouldn't have been in there. <laughs> aye, aye. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't possibly get away with that, can I? Um, <laughs> I, was hoping to, I was hoping to God we wouldn't be covering this race. Starting this preview where we are going to be looking at all the races at Sandown and especially, of course, the Tingle Creek as well. But we're going to start at Aintree where we've got a couple of cracking races on the car. Well, I mean, a cracking card of races, really. But we're just going to look at two of them. Start with the, the 205, which is the Many Clouds Chase, the Grade 2, uh, over just over three miles. And we have uh, Protectorat is the 13-8 to favourite ahead of Native River, 9-4. to Imperial Aura, 5-1. to Simply the Bets, 13-2. to 16 to 1 bar and it'll come to you first eight runners here lovely each way shape to the race with the fifth uh the fifth biggest price being 16 to 1 and bigger after that even tiger roll at the moment showing up at 20 to 1 um and side field where do you see the value i'd love to be able to tip a horse from an each way perspective because hopefully all eight runners will go to post but none of the ones that are each way prices make a huge amount of appeal maybe sam brown at a push if the ground went really bad and I'm always prepared to be slightly flexible when it comes to Aintree ground at this time of year when they get a bit of rain mm. and a bit of frost on top of already soft ground. It can get very, very tiring. And I think that might just be a little bit of an issue for connections of Protectorat, who is a very good horse, as we know, over two and a half miles. Um, a fantastic run under a big weight in the Paddy Powers, we know. I mean, he, he came home very eye-catchingly and everyone's gone, oh, you know, wait till he goes over three miles. But <laughs> until they actually do it, you're very much in the in the in the dark, whereas we know that Native River will get every yard of it and some. And he's already proven around Aintree, particularly when he's fresh. He won this race two years ago, didn't he? Um, and he was spectacular that day. And by and large, his, his record when he's he's come off a break is <coughs> is really good, despite even when the yard wasn't going well, uh, like uh, maybe not so much two years ago, but certainly last year. I thought he ran mm. well in defeat, um, as well as victory on, on several of occasions. So, on balance, I'd probably go with the Tizard runner. They've had a fantastic run of things, uh, lost in translation. Of course, we saw Fiddler on the road, bit unlucky last week, and, and he won at Carlisle. So, his big guns, as well as his, as well as his lesser lights, are all firing on all cylinders. We don't know about the trip with regards to Imperial Aura. Well, he comes very much into the protector at moulds. So if you're, you're backing those two horses, you're very much guessing and hoping, rather than um, going into it with a huge amount of confidence. And Simply the bets has gained. Um, you know, he's he's on a bit of a sort of recovery mission after Cheltenham, but again, he's another one that fits into that two and a half mile category. So the proven stay around this track is Native River, and even though he's an eleven year old, um, I'll, I'll I'll probably just go with him as the percentage call. Native River nine to four as it stands at the moment. So simply the bets, interesting one as well. Who? Um, first run for, uh, for for Paul Nichols last time a few of those horses moved from the uh, Andrew Brooks owned horses moving over from Harry Whittington's yard over to Paul Nichols's and simply the bet's one of those um, Ed how do you see it? 
Well, I'd be one of those who Andy says are guessing and hoping, really, because, uh, yeah, the one I would be taking on at top would be Native River. You know, on official figures, he's the best horse in the field, 166. But uh, rising 12 years of age, I mean, surely some of these younger legs have got to surpass him at some point. Uh, I would be with Protector. Uh, I love the way in which he stormed up the hill last time out. I mean, I've been saying for a while, he needs three miles. I've got my wish here. Last time he ran it this course, of course, he won a grade one. So I think the track holds no fears. I do take Andy's point. Combination of this trip and if rain did continue to fall and it became a real test of stamina that might just blunt what i perceive to be his kind of his nippier edge if you like so i, I would be with protector at if you if you didn't if you took away the prices and just said who do i think is going to win the race i would be with uh, you know percentage school would be protect with protector at he's unexposed he's young he's improving i think he will improve for the trip uh and there is an element of guesswork factored into the price uh, i admit that and imperial aura is is a little bit of the joker in the packing out around a five to one I mean, he's the horse he's now failed to complete on his last three occasions. Was going okay, in, in, in fairness to him, in the Betfair last time out. Again, a little bit of an unknown, and he's becoming a little bit of an excuse horse, it has to be said. You just want to see, you know, clear round, no excuses. Let's see what he can do. But, yeah, I'll be with Protectorat and Native River. It's just, just his age. I just think at some point these horses do go. And I, I just can't believe, I just think others will surpass him, put it that way. And I, I just think Protectorat, entry three miles this is his bag and yeah my only kind of warning flag would be if it did become an absolute swamp and the word heavy started to appear in the ground somewhere that mm. would be a negative for me but yeah on balance i'm with uh protector at 13 to 8 favorite there uh for ed native river nine to four uh take one each there the top end of the market uh, onto the beach uh, handicap chase the grade three the 240 entry and we've got Mac Totti at the top of the market, just about at 13 to 2. Snow, Snow Leopard S, 7 to 1. Mighty Thunder, 8 to 1. Uh, Kimberlite Candy, 11 to 1. Chris's Dream, 12 to 1. We'll check it out. Violion Rouge, uh, 14. Labroy, 14. 16 to 1 bar. Had plenty in there. Uh, this is one I, I'm, I'm backing you to solve it. Solve the riddle. Right. Well, I'm. Um... I don't want to end up in the high court. There's a few of those kind of things uh, flying around <laughs> at the moment. But I've I've got the view in here. There's a lot of horses. You'd be very happy running well without winning in terms mm -hmm. of uh, smoking their marks up for the, yeah, the, the lovely Grand National Weights lunch, which I don't get invited to anymore in February. And the last thing they, last thing they <laughs> want to see. because you said the wine was caught, wasn't it? Yeah, the wine was caught. Yeah, I was quite right too. Yeah, um, yeah, the, so the, uh, yeah, the Pinot Noir was dreadful. But um, yeah, the, the, the facts being there's a lot of horses here who wouldn't mind being seven or eight pounds lower and uh give um give the adjudicator something to think about when that when those independent marks come out in february and but one horse who will need to win and will definitely stand a good chance of based on previous uh, outings in this race is labroy for ben pauling danny mcmenamin off bottom weight 10 stone he's run twice over the national fences now forget engines and where he finished and everything he jumps the fences very nicely. He looks a natural over the national fences. You know, he finished seventh in it a couple of years ago when Jamie Codd came over to the Ryberry, jumped and travelled really well for a long way just before getting tired on his seasonal reappearance. And he was third in this 12 months ago, admittedly beaten quite a long way, but he was third. But that came off a BHA rating of 141. Well, he's £9 lower this time round, and he's just starting to jump off the page to me now as a well-handicapped horse. We know he's got a touch of class, of course. He's a previous Charlton Festival winner. He's got stamina galore. You know, he won the old four-miler on soft ground. So the rains continue to arrive. That's going to be no problem for him if it turns into a battle of wheels. Danny McMenamin could do the 10 stone. That's why he's on board. And he just is interesting. He's third last year. He's £9 lower. And as I said, off 132. 
he's going to have to kind of boot himself up to the 140 plus uh, kind of region to be enable himself to get into the national uh, if you see what i'm saying so um mm. yeah he's definitely one there i think this will be he'll be trained to the absolute minute for this he had a recent spin round fontwell which should have tuned him <clears> up for this and uh, i think yeah he's a double figure price and i think he's uh, i just love the way he, he he's a natural jumper of these fences he's well handicapped i think there's no excuses here Abroy 14 to 1 with a firm going to six places. So keep an eye out when you check the odds checker grids, when you check on the app um, for the extra places there, essential for these big handicaps. Andy? Yeah, not a race I'd be absolutely falling over myself to have a bet in, particularly as, as I probably have another 20 or 30 to choose from. But uh, it's an exciting race all the same. And, and punters love these kind of races, don't they? Um, you know, using um, Ed's theory about horses going really well around around the track. You'd, you'd certainly have to consider Kimber like Candy, who was who was second in this race last year. He he really does need bottomless ground, doesn't he? That that's when he's at his best. Mm. I actually don't think he probably even though he finished second in the race last year, I don't think that was probably quite him at his absolute maximum. I think he's run better than that round here, even though he was still second, but he did get beat twenty odd lengths by Leon Rouge, who, you know, he's who's eleven year old at the time and he's now twelve. So you could certainly pick holes in that form if you if you if you're being um, ultra ultra critical. Um, I think Snow Leopardess has got the potential, and, that, and that's the the buzzword here with with a small p. Mm. I've been quite a good one around this track because she's got the kind of run star that I like for this track. Attacking horse that stays three miles well, that likes soft ground, that gets into a good rhythm. She was brilliant round bang on a on a seasonal reappearance. She just run a good field into into the ground that day, and as we've already seen, the form has worked out really well with Black Lion, who finished fifth, scooting at Haydock in midweek, uh, and and she's got quite a tempting looking mark. I think she's 140 rated, 10 stone four. If you, I'm not a real weights and measures man, but I'd rather be a, I suppose a lightweight in in this ground than I would, you know, carrying 12 stone if if you if you had a gun to my head. So I can certainly see why Ed's looking for a 10 stone merchant with Lebroy. Uh, but I'd probably go with, with Snow Leopardess um, for the purposes certainly of, of this um, this podcast. Um, again, that there's there's an element of risk attached to a horse has never jumped the fences, but mm. sometimes you know horses just take take to it, and um, it's probably a, a risk worth taking on, on a mare who has, like I say, got a good attitude to the game. So she she's the one that sort of stands out to me looking at the the. Um, the field rather than the odds because he's only a six to one chance uh, after all seven to one seven to one, seven to one. Okay. Seven to one. as better. it stands at the moment so we'll move over then to the racing at sandown on saturday you're gonna have to wrap through this pretty quickly um i mean unless andy i mean i, I ed you may do too but knowing the way you guys both work I, I think andy's more likely we've got no prices so far for the for the novice idol but before we move on to the races where we do is, is there any any in here that have been flagged up in your in your speed figures? Yeah, I mean, my tie clocked a good number when he won down in, in, in Newton Abbott on his debut and, and, and the form's been boosted by the second, hasn't it? Thunder Rock. Mm. So he was beating no back number that day because Thunder Rock sailed in really high regard by Ollie Murphy and um, got the job done really well next time out at Weatherby. So it was just like there was substance to that stylish win. Sometimes you can have just a stylish run and, and there's nothing behind it, but it looked a good effort. It looked very much like a Metier kind of run. Mm. Metier won at Newton Abbott before coming on to Sandown the Tolworth. And you can see how Harry Fry's mind's working, isn't it? He's probably thinking, well, let's go to Sandown. Let's run him 
at a track where we can bring him back for the Tolworth to see if he handles the easy slopes and you know he's he's up against hardcore and a, and a nice one of Nicky's but I think I think that looks a good sort of next step next rung on the ladder for him. I, I, you'd be disappointed if he didn't win. I think he was even money the other week when he was a withdrawal on the on account of the ground. But I think Sandown's going to have slightly softer ground than it it was uh, the last the mm. last weekend when he was down to run. So yeah, Mai Tai very interesting run in that first race. Mai Tai, the one to keep an eye on. What, what kind of price would he be hoping for? Um, I would, I'd, I'd, you know, you'd be looking for odds against, of course. Um, I think that's what that's why that's why I'd be sort of getting yeah. excited if he if he was. Okay, there we go. My tie, the one for Andy there. Um, on then to the the well, no, I mean the 150, which is the um, the Henry VIII novice chase, uh, is the first race with prices. But Ed, just before we move on to that, we've got the 1240, which is the Mayor's handicap hurdle, and we've got the novice handicap hurdle before that as well. Anything in there for you that you want to flag up, or should we, should we get cracking onto the the meatier stuff? Happy to skip those, but just a point on the ground, uh, George, that, that yeah, <clears throat> time of recording, I think it was like good, good to soft in places, but there's up to 10 millimetres of rain forecast from kind of Friday morning throughout until Saturday. So I'd imagine by Saturday afternoon, the ground conditions would be riding substantially softer than they were before racing, if that makes sense. So just something yeah. to bear in mind how much rain does hit the track. Yeah, interesting. Uh, well, we're getting then to the the 115. Uh, sorry, no, we won't get into the 115 because that is no, no prices for that one. So we'll get into the the 150 um, before we get into the Tickle Creek as well. We're going to hear from Barry Garrity, 888 Sport Ambassador, uh, on his thoughts on this race as well. But I'll keep those close to my my chest uh, before you guys give your thoughts as well. But third time lucky here is the favourite at six to four. Edward Stone is nine to two. Warlord six to one. Manella Drama thirteen to two. Il Ridotto eight to one. Stolen Silver twelve to one. And do your job sixteen to one. Um Ed, what do you I mean third time lucky answering all the questions asked of him so far, but this uh, may be a little bit tougher. Yeah indeed. And again if um <clears throat> It was a little bit underwhelming in a way last time out at Channel, wasn't he? He kind of, mm. I would say empty for crying out loud. He won the race, but um, he didn't quite power away as much as we thought he would have done in, in winning. It was interesting to Dan Scouter's comments in the aftermath said he'd almost got a bit light with him in his training. And perhaps he was worried, he had, in, in fact, in hindsight, he didn't have him fully tuned up for that. Well, yeah, he's going to need to be on his metal here. Again, it's just his third quick run in a relative short space of time. And he's all about speed. He's all about attacking, isn't he? And um. Mm. I, I know, I'm finding this, again, a little bit of a puzzler. What I will say is I think there's going to be an absolute pace burn up on here, especially if Manila Drama's let loose on the front end. Third time lucky has kind of got one way of going. That's going forward. Uh, it, it, it's a really interesting contest, especially with the, you've got the Paul Nichols um, horse in here, Il Redito's being turned mm. out a week later as well. And, um, I, uh, again, I, I've got stronger convictions later on in the card. I'm, I just think it's very tricky to call. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to sneer at third time lucky in what he's done. But uh, if there is a mad old pace burn up and it does collapse, Warlord is unbeaten over fences. Of course, there wasn't much to separate him and Manila drama last time out. But this horse has got form over two and a half, including on soft. And I, I, I can imagine he will be held off the pace. There'll be a big tear upon up front. And if they do kind of fall in a hole, this horse will stay. He, he's kind of proven in that sense that is our team are back to some extent, aren't they? As we've <laughs> talked about on previous shows. And so, yeah, it's... um. It's a it's a muddling little contest. I think it's a brilliant spectacle, not one that's carrying my money uh, at the prices, tentatively with Warlord. But um, there's a few of these in here I don't quite know what to make of, and I do think the pace angle will be key. Tentatively with Warlord, Warlord six to one, uh, just seven runners as it is, sadly. Uh, so only two places if you are going to have, have an each way bet. Uh, Andy, how do you see it? 
Yeah, this is probably the race I've got the strongest view on um, of the entire weekend. Um, I desperately want to take on the favourite here, third time lucky. Mm. It's just something not quite right with those runs at Cheltenham. That they've been visually very good. You know, he's 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 looked and provided the wow factor, hasn't he? The way he's jumped down the back. But when you actually dig down into the numbers he's he's posted, and we've got a body of work over a period of about 15, 15 years at least to suggest he's run nowhere near the level that visually he's looked as though he has done. Um, mm. You know, to be an Arca horse, you need to be knocking out numbers in and around the 75 speed figure mark to be a bona fide Arca horse. Like, you, you know, you look back over the years, your, um, your size in Europe, your, your shiskins, your Sprinter Sacras, that the very, very good ones will, will be running to that level. This fella's done a 61 and a 62. He's actually the bottom rated horse coming into this race based on our time figures. I'm not saying <laughs> really? I'm not I'm not saying he can't I'm not saying he can't improve and he can't win. All I'm saying is I don't think he's quite good as what everyone thinks, and I think his price isn't reflective of that. I think he's a really shocking price at six to four. Um it's a kind of race with seven runners. I'd probably just stand him and, and, you know, I've got six good horses running for me rather than, oh, try and find the right one and end mm. up getting it wrong and thinking I've blasted it. You know, I've got third time lucky, right, but I didn't get the right winner kind of thing. Um, I think there's some big players in this race that have been underestimated. Edward Stone, I think, is one of the most talented horses in this field. He, he might have won first time up over fences this season had he not got brought down, but he proved that, he was unlucky when going back to Warwick the next day. And he jumped fantastically. I think his jumping's got better as time's mm-hmm. gone on. And he's an absolute beast of a horse to look at. He's got lots of power. Um, I do think Do Your Job is going to be underestimated. He's the outside of the field here at 14 to 1. And that's a complete insult because he's a very good horse in his own right. You've got Manila Drama, who they tried to hold him up last time at Carlisle. It just didn't work. He's best going off, off, off from the front and letting him off the leash. Um, he jumped. He jumped not so good because he was held up last time out. I think that ultimately cost him against the Warlord. And then you chuck in the Nichols runner from a yard that loves this race, runs in the same colours of Hitman and Modi won this race last year. He not tipped up. So I, I think this is a, an absolute humdinger um, because our big against the favourite big time. I think I think he's a, I think he's a real good lay for the bookmakers. If you get it wrong, you get it wrong. But he's only six to four shot at the end of the day, and I think he should mm-hmm. be bigger. Um, at the prices, I'd probably split my stakes if I was going to go play this race from a win perspective with with Edward Stone at four to one, and um, do your job. I would think he's ridiculously overpriced. He's he's a very good horse, Michael Scudamore's horse. Andy, I'll, t- I'll tell you this once. I'm going to tell you again. You got to use odds checker. Edward Stone nine to two. You're getting nine to two. Edward Stone. Do your job. Fourteen to one. Ridiculous price. Sixteen to one. How about? That? Wow. It's a- it's know. almost like you're one one of those. Um, you know, market stall set sellers that yeah. <laughs> avocados to a pound. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I'm you, just giving you. I'm just giving you. They're chucking in, uh, in an extra apple and an orange if I could spend an extra fifty p. There aren't there aren't many in this game who are chucking extra bits for you, Andy. I know that pretty well. Uh, that's your first price boost in a while, uh, I think. Um, but do your job. Yeah, sixteen to one best prices as, as it is. Edward Stone nine to two. A very very strong. Uh, stance against third time lucky the favorite there from andy holding um and as i say we did speak to barry garrity uh, i spoke at least to barry garrity uh, earlier he gave me his thoughts on last weekend's racing and on the race we've just covered and ahead of the rest of the weekend's racing which you can hear now 
delighted as ever to be joined by 888 Sport Ambassador Barry Geraghty. And, and Barry, before we look ahead at the weekend's rating, as ever, always great to get your thoughts on what was another dramatic weekend, especially at Newbury. And hardly possible to think of a more fitting and a more popular winner than Cloud again uh, in the Labricks Trophy. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously for the day, Trevor Hemmings was a brilliant supporter of, of the game and so many yards and jockeys and he was he was a brilliant man to ride for and um, yeah, a sad loss obviously, but it was a brilliant success and great for Phoenicia Williams too. She She's never lost the knack of how to produce a good handicapper um, and Charlie Deitch gave him a beautiful ride. So no, it was a good success all around and a really good race as well to, to add. Yeah, great race. So gutsy after the last as well. Um, I think most fans who'd already thrown their, their betting slip in the bin were, were rooting for Cloudy, Get, Cloudy Glen as they approached the, the finish. Um, but some interesting runners to take out of the races as well. Um, who, who do you thought, who do you think were, were the horses to take away from the uh, from the race? Yeah, for me, the two horses would have been the two that finished up on the deck. Um, obviously, Remastered was running a big race when he came down four out and it was a heavy fog. He seemed to get up OK, so hopefully he is OK. Um, He's going to be worth keeping an eye out. And I thought Henrilo was creeping into it nicely down the back when he when he checked out. So if those two come out of that race, OK, um, I'd say the horses um, definitely you'd want to keep an eye on. Yeah, and it's good that we're talking now without Andy Holding, because I think if I mention Ahoy Senor, given his his love for the for, for Mr. Invincible and his hopes for him for the season, he'd probably walk out of the of the Skype call. But I mean, an amazingly striking performance from Ahoy Senor. How good could he be? I think he's very good. Um, and you know he beat Braveman's game in Aintree, and he was sixty-six to one. And people were saying Braveman's game maybe he he was feeling the effects of his run at Cheltenham. But High Senor, he's he's a horse on the up. He jumps well. He was untidy at a few, but I would forgive him that, especially the mistake of the water jump. Horses, the water jump is small, smaller than any other jump in the course, and horses tend to lose respect at them and just not concentrate. So for me, he's a real big old-fashioned chaser. Loads of scope. The fourth last in particular, he was brilliant. But from halfway down the back, the second time, he was, I thought he was really good. He's going to learn from this run. I think you build on it. And I'd say Braveman's game has plenty to worry about in this fella, let alone um, any of the Irish contingent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any other horses to, to keep an eye on to put on the tracker from last weekend's racing? Yeah, plenty, really. I thought John Bond was very impressive um, on Friday. He jumped professionally, really quick and slick. He jumped to the front halfway down the back, which probably wasn't ideal. But there wasn't much pace on. Um, I think his horse is going to be better suited by a stronger gallop. But I love the way he quickened and he quickened again in the straight. And it was a smart performance. He he looks like he could be um, an exciting one. And he's obviously gone favourite for the Supreme. And at the minute, he's a, I think he's a worthy favourite. Um, I suppose another horse who, who in, in defeat, I was uh, I was surprised that the tactics really was Paisley Park. Uh, they put cheap pieces mm. on him for the first time. He's normally ridden to warm up into his races, he hits a flat spot and he finishes strongly. As you saw in the long walk hurdle in Ascot, when he was probably, he could have been 10 lengths down turning in and he bombed home to beat Time Hill. That's a style of running. And to change it so dramatically to making the running and when himself and on the blind side locked horns, leaving the back straight, they got racing early, he winged the third last, he was under the cosh before the second last. That isn't how Paisley Park is normally ridden. And there's a reason why he is normally ridden the other way because he, he's a slow burner if you like so I think change back to the old tactics leave on the cheap pieces by all the means but I think 41 for the stairs hurdle is a complete overreaction he's he's a bigger contender than that yeah 40 to 1 about uh, Paisley Park for the stairs and, and John Bond such an interesting one from a, a betting 
point of view you know you think of the connections there and you don't normally associate massive drifters with winners in the in the golden green but John Bon out from I think it was three on at a time a kind of a pre-exchange market out to nearly six to four on the exchanges on the day and, and then goes and wins like that um an interesting case but certainly a yeah, very short now favorite for the supreme um a, a horse who has nothing to prove at the festival also returned uh in scintillating style the unbeaten honeysuckle and you know it's it's hard to find any more superlatives when it comes to her if she continues in this vein i mean how high amongst the ranks of the greatest is she going to end up Oh, she's she's definitely on the way there. I was really impressed with her on Sunday. I was at Fairy House, um, end to end gallop. Rachel went at her early. She she was she went they went um Ronald Pump went close to beating her last year in the depth mm. when Henry said she probably needed the run. They didn't ride her um on Sunday like she needed the run. Rachel was aggressive on her, up with the pace, went forward with three to jump, um, and won by eight lengths, and another four back to Abigadabas. So I think it was a really good performance. Her jumping was nowhere near as slick as it was in the Champion Hurdle or at the Dublin Racing Festival. So she was a bit rusty. There's improvement there. I think the world's her oyster. She's she's obviously by far and away the best around at the minute. And people are saying that she just doesn't have an awful lot to beat. She's beaten Sharjah last year's Champion Hurdle. But she isn't just beaten um, what she's up against by two or three lengths. She's beaten them six lengths going away comfortably. You can't do any more than that. So I think if there was another superstar around, it would have to be very super to meet her. Yeah, absolutely. Let's look ahead to the weekend's racing and we're going to start at Sandown uh, where we've got the, the Tingle Creek and the five run as it stands, but it's a quality field and the rumours about Shaka and Poursois not making the trip uh, proved to be false. Five to four favourite Shaka, Poursois, Nuba Negra five to two, Grenatine nine to two, Hitman 14 to one alongside Captain Guinness uh, making up the five runners there. Barry, how do you see this one going? Yeah, it's for me, it's the two at the head of the markers. Um, I think they're a long way ahead of the rest. Um, and if you look at the champion chase, Nubia Negra finished in front of Shaka and Pursois. But for me, I don't think Shaka and Pursois turned up in Cheltenham at all. Yeah. And he still ran a, ran a good enough race, a reasonable race. In Punchestown, you saw a different Shaka and Pursois. He beat Nubia Negra 25 lengths. Now, it's arguably slightly slower ground. But 25 lengths is a big turnaround. He had Alaho five lengths behind in second, who destroyed the field in the Ryanair. So that level of form is streets ahead of the champion chase form. Nubanegra has been impressive in Cheltenham in the Shalor chase. You'd have to respect him, but on that point, just in farm, there's only one winner. Yeah, it looks that way. Um, Jacques and Poursois, the one, the favourite, the one to beat at the top end. And uh, we're going to go over to uh, Punchdown on Sunday for the John Durkin as well. Um, where you know we are recording this just after four o'clock on Thursday, so this could age pretty quickly. And we've obviously seen today that Willie Mullins doesn't run any of his horses uh, at Navan. We're not entirely sure what the situation is going to be uh, on Sunday. Punched down, the, the going is good at Navan. It looks to be um, well, on the softer side, at least, uh, at Punched Down on Sunday. Uh, we know that Album Photo is not going to run um, at this stage, but there are a couple still in there. But either way, at the moment, Envoy Allen is the even money favourite ahead of Fakir Duzeri at 7-2. to two. Alaho, one of those with question marks around and Asterion Folange, 5-1 to one and 8-1. to one. Janadil, 10-1. to one. The aforementioned Album Photo is still in there because not officially withdrawn, 12-1. to one. Kenboy, 14-1. to one. I mean, you go through this and you realise how many cards uh, belong to, to the Mullins camp. Um, but at this, at this stage... Assuming the top two do go, and Envoy Allen and Fakir do dairies, um, and possibly a you know a sprinkling of Mullins runners as well. How do you see this panning out? Well, as it stands, Envoy Allen, his favourite, and you know he's a high class novice. Um, he didn't impress me as much as I would have expected him to at Down Royal. Um, 
I was surprised to see Rachel give him a little crack after the last team. Mm. Everything he's done, he's done with great ease and great pace. So that surprised me. But, you know, he's had a few issues. <clears throat> Maybe he's a little bit rusty. He needed the run. You can make, you won't say excuses, but you can make reasons for it maybe. Um, Fakadu de Rees, for me, I would imagine he'd want it softer to beat Envoy Allah. And then, but the, the big question mark is Alaho. Does Alaho run? If Alaho turns up, obviously two cheaply parked runners, it's, you'd have thought not likely, but coming from two different stables, both horses needing to get a run, will they both line up? Alaho would be very interesting if he does. Um, just as, as I say, a small little question mark over him, Envoy Allen and his issues and where he is. So Alaho would be the one for me if he does turn up. And finally, some, some great racing, you know, at Navin on Saturday, Punchdown on Sunday, at Sandown on Saturday, um, at Aintree on Saturday, Huntingdon on Sunday, loads to choose from. Anything else you're looking forward to seeing? Yeah, I thought uh, Il Ridotto, the horse that won in Newbury on Saturday, he really impressed me. As a four-year-old, he crept into the race, hit a little flat spot, came alive on the straight, missed the second last, won comfortably. Um, only a second run in England. Um, I'd say he improved a lot, obviously, from his first run. And with the four-year-old allowance on Saturday, I don't see any reason why you can't give a third-time lucky a run for a third-time lucky beat a 25-1 shot and beat... Uh, Buddy Rich, who got turned over mm. since. He's been very impressive, jumped brilliantly, but he hasn't had to beat much. Um, but Ilredotto, I just I really like him. He caught my eye, and I think he could be a little bit of value to oppose him. Over the others, uh, I thought Notebook is of interest if he goes to the Peterborough Chase on Sunday. Um, I thought he's been crying out for two and a half miles. So he's interesting. Um, Nicky runs a nice horse in the novice hurdle that we had as a point of pointer, Constitution Hill. I'm looking forward to seeing him on Saturday. He's a, he's a, he's a, one we like, so we'll keep an eye on him. Yeah, a little, a little Easter egg there for those who've, who've listened on to the end, I think, there, Barry. Thank you very much for taking your time to speaking to us today, 888 Sport Ambassador Barry Garrity. Cheers, George. Thank you. Time then to get on to the main event over the weekend, the big race on Saturday. It is the Tingle Creek, and we have five runners. Uh, as I mentioned there to Barry, Chacun Poursois is the 5-4 to four favourite, Nuba Negra 5-2, Grenatine 9-2, Hitman 14-1, Captain Guinness 14-1. to one. Um, Andy, I've, I've spoken to Barry just there about it, so I'm, I'm not going to talk too much here, but I'll let you take it away on, on what is a you know a high-quality contest with plenty of intrigue, certainly across the field. Yeah, we've lost the depth that we had in midweek in the sense that we had, I think, mm. eight, nine runners, but it was never ever going to be a, an HY betting race, was it? I think a couple of firms stuck their neck out and went three places. Um, but by and large, it's two places only. So we're, we're dealing with trying to trying to get the winner, aren't we, really? I mean, look, Shaq and swears he's shown on many occasions that he's just in a different stratosphere to this lot. When he puts it all together, we've seen uh, not glimpses, but a, a good body of work to suggest that, you know, there's probably only shishkin around that maybe... maybe uh, could beat him if he brings his A game to the table. The only disappointment was, of course, the champion chase when it mattered most uh, last season. Not whether Cheltenham's his bag, I don't know. I, I, I've got a sneaky feeling that it might not be his course. Uh, but on home saw, Leopardstown, Punchestown, as we've seen, he's been deadly. Um, and, you know, he absolutely battered Nubi Negra the last time we saw him at Punchestown. And you've only got to go back and review the video to see that. Whether Nubi Negra was, wasn't quite the right or not, I don't know on the day. Um, but if you're looking at the odds and you're looking at the 24 lengths he's got to make up, you'd, you'd think that odds against for, for Nubi Negro, uh, for Chacun Poursois looks fair enough. And, you know, you, you're looking at probably what, what's going to finish second or a bet without the favourite. If, if I was going to go down that route, I do think Hitman has got a 
a sneaky bit of potential to perhaps be the one that we might chase the favourite home. He's not an absolute million to winning outright, by the way, but mm. he looked like the most likely winner for me of the, of the Holden Gold Cup. But it, I think for one of Nichols, he, he arguably just he looked as though he needed the run. He just got a little bit tired late on. He went went to the front and then probably the more strong staying horse, the two and a half mile horse, Eldorado Allen did him. But um, he went through the race like a quality horse. Uh, went through went through the race better than Grenadine, by the way, and I, th- I think he'll uphold the form with with his stable companion. Um, I think he probably would have won here last year, but for not falling, and he would have probably beaten Sham Blue. So yeah, I, I I quite like Hitman with without the favourite. He's bound to be third favourite based on Nubian Agra being nine to four and Grenadine three to one. Um, so yeah, he he he'd be the he'd be the way I'd play the race uh, from a value perspective rather than. Back in Shakhtar, so at a really tight price. He's he's fourteen to one hitman as it stands at the moment. Would you be happy? You know, five runners, quarter of the two. Would you be backing hitman each way at fourteens, or would you be looking for the without Shakhtar market? Yeah, I mean, the only, the only other way to skin the cat there is is perhaps to to back him in a three place market mm. because I think he'll be ridden to perhaps pick up pieces. Um, you know, ridden sort of relatively chilly. Uh, with a view to winning if they can, but I, th- I think they'll be, you know, just mindful of just um, getting the best out of him as possible. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's fasc- I think it's a fascinating race. It's a, it's a, it's a classy heat, but um, we're always looking to how 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 we can best utilise it from a betting perspective, and that's the that's the angle yeah. I'd I'd be approaching. Yeah, Hitman, as I say, fourteen to one. Keep an eye out on those special markets that Andy mentioned, uh, Ed. I mean, normally I look to you for the, the big price ones to take on the fab, but Andy's already done it. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with a lot of what Andy's saying here, actually. And um, look, I think Shaka Boussois the most likely winner. And you say, the thing is, it's the, the one race you wanted to see him go and crown his kind of moment of glory. Obviously, was it at Cheltenham? And he didn't quite go through with it. Now, just put that, just that little niggle in people's minds. Someday, the one time he left Ireland, he didn't get the job done. And you could throw in a blanket over him, Granatine and Nube Negra from that champion chase renewal. But other than that, uh, he kind of has conquered all, hasn't he? Um, and also, I think if the rain, we do get 10 or 12 millimetres of rain, that won't be a problem for him either. Whereas I, I do just got it in the back of my mind that Nube Negra is a, it's a fast travelling horse. I mean, the ground was absolutely rattling at Cheltenham last time out. And he, he just, he's a strong traveller. Uh, I, I wouldn't want, again, see this turn into the ground turn too soft for him. But, so, look, yeah, I think Shaka Boussois will probably win. But Hitman is the one. It was getting, it was, again, listening to Paul Nichols, you know, knows a bit more about racing than myself. And he said with him and Granatine before Exeter, they both would need the outing. He said Granatine more than Hitman, but look, they both were there with a stepping stone to the future. I expect Granatine will strip a lot fitter. I mean, it'll have to be. But uh, of course, he was runner up in this last year. So I think he will come forward from it. Hitman's interesting one because he said on the back of the Holden Gold Cup, his actual quote was, we need to find out what his trip is. Now, they've been running him over two and a half last year. Perhaps he hadn't quite been getting home. They ran him, you know, if you say 80% fit over an extended two miles wide at Exeter last time out. He appeared to not quite get home. So kind of using Da Vinci code, read between the, between the lines, they've, they finally kind of decided he's a two miler. And given how strong he travels, I mean, your, your eyes would kind of agree with that, if you see what I'm saying. So um, he had this with Politolog earlier on in his career. He ran him over 2-5, I think, up at Haydock one day. And then there was a lot of him in an R and he ended up going for a King George. And after all that, he said, no, I've been wasting my time with this horse for two seasons. He's a two-miler. And I think they've come to that conclusion a bit quicker with Hitman is what I'm saying. So Harry Cobden's on board. He's a strong traveller. As long as Captain Guinness stands up, I imagine he'll go forward and uh, go off like a like a mad thing. And this will be run at a fair old clip. 
I could see Hitman kind of being smuggled into the race, if you like. So, yeah, if I was going to uh, straight forecast it, I'd go Shaq and Poussoir, um with Hitman to pick up the pieces. And, and again, if it rains, he's got form in soft. That wouldn't necessarily be a problem. Whereas I just think Nube Negra is a... It, He's, he's quite fast, if you see what I'm saying, for one of a better mm. phrase. And I'm not, I'm not sure you want this to turn into a, a slog up the Sandown Hill if the rain really did arrive. So, yeah, Chuck and Poussoir uh, to beat Hitman for me. I'm tempted at that price just to back Hitman win only, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. If Chuck and Poussoir, for whatever reason, doesn't travel uh, and first time out is the time to catch him out, I, I don't think there's a lot between the others, even though official ratings would suggest there is. So, yeah, uh, Hitman's definitely the horse from a, and a betting angle I want to be with. Yes, there's exactly. no doubt. He's actually, yeah, he's actually seven to one without the favourites. There's, there's a couple of firms which have yeah, that's already, a fair already, go. Yeah. already pushed their head above the parapet and offered odds without Shaq and Paul Swar. You can get yeah. seven to one with one firm, 13 to two with another. Uh, if that's the kind of odds we're looking at, then yeah. that's a lot bigger than I thought it, that was, that was going to be. Yeah, that's the play. And it's, it's, it sounds like you almost think that's the price he should be to win the race. So if you're taking out the, the likely winner, then... Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair project. I, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think, you know, you've, you've, you've got it, you've got it, um, got it with both barrels there. You, if you wanted to go with the fourteen to one, fair enough. But I do think seven to one is is big enough to not even worry about beating Chuck and Paul. So well, I'll, I'll be more mm. than happy with that seven to one without the five. Yeah, seven to one without the favourite as it stands. More firms will be coming out there, fourteen to one uh, to win, or with that quarter of the odds, top two. Uh, the final two races at Sandown, we've got the uh, London National Handicap um, over three and a half. Strictly a dancer, four to one favourite. Larry five to one. De Saba five to one. Highland Hunter seven to one. Christmas in April eight to one. The Mighty Don elevens. Salty Boy elevens. And Andy, we'll, we'll start with you here in Strictly a Dancer. You called Strictly a Dancer pretty well last time you spoke about, about Strictly a Dancer on this podcast, saying, you know, you kind of off the bridle, never seems to be travelling that well, but then always seems to do enough to win. And it was it was the same again last time. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he's, he's, a, he's a devil of a difficult one to sort of pigeonhole with God's <clears throat> handicapping, isn't he? Where, where we'll end up, where we'll, he'll end up. Um, how, he's just a hot, like I say, it's just hard to say how much he's got in hand. He mm. just saves a bit for himself. Almost pulls himself up a little bit when he when he's in when he's at the front. So you'd be a brave man to say he couldn't win again. Albeit, I do think he's up against two horses that run this track particularly well, and one of them is Daisha Arbor, who's a bit of an iffy character. Um, he also races a bit on and off of it, but his his career record here at Sandown, I think he's two for two. He just yeah. seems to come alive here at this track for one reason or another. <laughs> so with those quirky horses, when they get the sort of comfort blanket, which obviously they need, i.e. a track which they like. Um, I don't know whether he just likes queuing in the high street at Sandown to get into the course <laughs> like we all have to do. Um, whether in half an hour's worth of track, he thinks, oh, yeah, the light bulb goes off. This must be Sandown. Uh, but there's, some, there's something about it that um, just, just sparks him up. And he had a spin the other day, which I think would have blown away the cobwebs. So, yeah, I think, if you, if you again, if you gave me a, a bet on what I'm going to put up for the podcast, then... I'd, I'd look no further than him. Ed? And we're remarkably singing off the same sh- hymn sheet compared to the previous podcast we're on on here. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, I don't, again, it's strictly of an answer. I mean, I have no idea whether that horse is rated 129, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, could he have another six or seven pounds in hand? Uh, again, you worry whether busy busy schedule start to catch up with him. The Christian Williams yard got a little bit cold, but I just find these are just red flags, these races. And Disha Arbor, 
yeah, two from two at the Isha venue. Absolutely loves this track. Admittedly, both those wins have come on hot, deep ground. So probably want to see a, a, the, the upper end of the 10 millimetres of rain arrive, if you see what I'm saying, for his claims. But a uh, fiercely competitive race. I uh, don't have a clue about Strictly a Dancer, whether this horse is to say. He's kind of, in his first win at Cheltenham at the October meeting, he jumped and travelled beautifully. And then he won well. But again, as, as Andy says, he almost saves a little bit for himself. And he could be mm. tricking the handicapper a bit here. And he could be a mid-130s horse easily. We just still don't know. So funny old race. Tentatively, uh, Disha Arbor, if... And as a, an if, uh, the, the more soft starts to appear in the going description than the word good. Disa Arbor there, five to one, getting positive mentions. with Strictly Dancer could be more to come, currently four to one favourite. Uh, on to the last now, the 335, and we've got Hudson de Grugy as a four to one favourite ahead of Metier. Well, Metier, I haven't seen Metier, have we, since uh, was being tipped up by some to be the one to take on, appreciate it in the Supreme, but things didn't go to plan. And Metier turns up here. Uh, off a mark of 144 and it's five uh yeah five to one Benson 11 to two uh samariv is 13 to two 12 to one bar ed um any any value you can see at, the, at this stage yeah i'm with one one of the bars in here if you like there's a horse getting 20 pounds 20 <laughs> you're always pounds in the bars i'm always in the bar yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah um yeah, there's, there's one here getting £20 in Metier, and it's uh, Fergal O'Brien's Elm Valley with Paddy Brennan mm-hmm. on board, a 10-stone one. Um, we talked about uh, kind of course form at Sandown, the, the kind of idiosyncrasies that track, something I like to latch on to. You know, this horse's only win over hurdles, admittedly he's only had the six starts over hurdles, but his only win did come at this track on very soft ground, where uh, he's just I think this race could be set up perfectly for him again, your typical Paddy Brennan, um, you know, he's almost becoming a bit like Jamie Spencer, isn't he, in, in, in his, his later years in terms of riding. He'll be racing the ambulance for the first circuit and a half, and then he'll be trying to judge the pace to perfection and then come with the rattle and pass horses up Sandown Hill. But look, he's got the course for me, the book. The rain's arrived, that'll help him. He was placed in the Fred Winter off this mark. He's come down, uh, back down to the same mark as when he was placed in the Fred Winter. So I think he's ticking a lot of the boxes here. Naturally, your eyes are drawn to those more fanciful types and unexposed but I know it sounds almost layman terms to say but this is a handicap you know mm. and I do think you know it, he's getting a lot of weight here and he's going to have a lot in his favour you see what I'm saying and then so yeah he's a double figure price uh, Ellen Valley each way again check your uh, each way terms um, some bookmakers mm. on Saturdays now start tripping over themselves to give away uh, seven places <laughs> and eight run a race it, it seems doesn't it so check your each way terms but again I think we talked about the pace angle and everything I think they'll go hard I think he'll be held up in last and I think he'll look to kind of pick them off. And if the rains do arrive, as I said, and it becomes quite soft, there is a chance, of course, they could all just come back to him a bit. And Paddy Brennan, I do think, is a very good judge of pace. So mm. with the course form in the book, uh, off a feasible mark, he'll get the nod from me each way. Yeah, rightly or wrongly, I always feel there are some trainers who you're, you're very happy to to back their horses, and Fergal's certainly one of those, but they always seem to, to run their race. And Fergal O'Brien, Paddy Brennan combination, normally fairly fruitful. Ellen Valley, they're 12 to 1 um, for the last race at Sandown. Andy? Can, can I pass this race? and, and um, Absolutely. Let's move do, on. <laughs> I'm only, I'm only going to, I only want to pass it because my nap's running in it. Your nap's running in this? Yeah, my nap of the weekend's running in there. <laughs> I mean, the listeners and viewers are not going to be happy about that at all. No, I, can, I can promise you I, that. I've, I've got, I've, uh, yeah, I can't possibly get away with that, can I? Um, <laughs> I, was hoping to, I was hoping to God we wouldn't be covering this race. I was thinking, oh, surely we're not going to be covering Skip this race. Skip it. No. Sorry, Andy, that's why we pay you the big bucks, I'm afraid. Yeah, OK. Um, right, cat's out the bag. Right, Benson will win this. Um, Dr. Newlands. The day when he won, um, I, think it's here, I think it was this meeting last year, if, if I recall. I think Ellen Valley won the first race, did he not? 
Um, and mm. Benson won the last race. Yeah. In between, there was 50, I think 50 ball won a handicap hurdle as well. Um, it was an extraordinary run by Benson. I mean, it was the last race in the car. The ground was absolutely like a bog. It had got churned up. Um, you know, round the inside was a swamp. He he did everything wrong. He even even putting a slow jump at the second last just to put the tin hat on it. And yet he still powered away from a good field in a fantastic time figure. By far and away the best in the car. I think there's about six or seven six seconds difference between Alan Valley and and uh, Benson. So I know he's a better horse than Alan Valley. Um, and I, I actually, he was on my shortlist, bizarrely, for the Supreme Novices Hurdle. Um, he was still in the Supreme Novices Hurdle up to the five-day stage, and he didn't run. Um, he's had a wind operation, so clear, there was clearly something not quite right with him after after he ran an extraordinary race at Ascot in the in the race that was won by Not So Sleepy. I think Buzzers in that race. He never mm. he never won a yard in that race. He just sulked, spat the dummy out. All of a sudden, he took off again. He almost dropped out the back of the TV and came charging through. He's clearly got a bit of a kink to him, but he once he gets a bit between his teeth, he, he really does pick up. And I think that's why Sandown suits him with that long pull. Um, he ran a really eye-catching race behind Garrel Road the other day at Chan. I mean, a very good race. That that race was one of the best sectional time-figure races of of the, the two days um, back in uh, mid-November. And I thought Garrel Road went perfectly respectably in a bit of a tactical mess at Newby on, over the weekend, which didn't suit him, but I think that form has certainly been not let down anyway by Gower Road. Uh, but he just patently didn't get home. He travelled, yeah. like I say, like the best horse. Just yeah. didn't quite two five, didn't get home. But that should have served a purpose to put a lovely little edge on him going back to Sandown, his favourite track. Um, if he's anywhere near them, turning for home, he'll, he'll just run over everything because there's nothing will be finishing stronger. So he's five to one at the moment, four places. 11 to two, Andy. 11 to two. two. Is that with four places? No, just the three. Well, yeah, I'll be happy. I don't. Well, I don't really need. I don't what really, are the odds rather than the fifth? I don't really need four places because he'll win anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's the best. But he's the best bet of the weekend by a country mile. Benson there, eleven to two best price, five to one best price. If you want the four places, we'll move on just in case, Andy. Anyone just fell asleep or popped out to make a cup of tea during that? We won't dwell on it. But thank you very much for 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 opening up to us there. Uh, we'll go I'll over. Be, to the I'll people. probably be putting that put that horse up on Saturday. It's five to two. <laughs> uh, we'll go over now to the Peterborough and uh, the Peterborough Chase server Huntington on Sunday. We've got to be quick here because uh, I know you guys have uh, other appointments this afternoon. But All Mankind is a six to four favourite. Uh, Hitman, who we've discussed, who probably won't be turning up here, six to one. Fusel Raffles, six to one. Master Tommy Tucker, six to one. Eldorado Allen, First Flow, uh, and plenty of others there, seven to one, 12 to one, and bigger. And, you know, we've heard Andy's big bet of the weekend now. I know, uh, Ed, you've got a big one that you fancy here in, in this one. Yeah, obviously we don't know exact field yet, so there is some element of guesswork. But um, yeah, I, we've we've talked about this angle a whole show in terms of kind of bit of pace collapse and those coming from off it. And with all mankind of first flowing here, I think this is going to be running a billion miles an hour. I think this race was set up perfectly for the aforementioned Holden Gold Cup winner, El Dorado Allen. Uh, mm. Obviously, he, he beat Hitman and Granatine um, in, in Exeter. So we'd like to see one of those two or at least both of them go out and uh, run well. Uh, in the Tingle Creek on Saturday. But uh, Alderado Allen, uh, I mean, the, the t- A, the Tizar team are back. I mean, just to say, for numbers, for a bit of context, you know, last season they are operating around a 9% strike rate. They've been operating around a 22 23% strike rate over the last two months. So they really have U-turned their entire stable. A lot of horses, uh, as a consequence, uh, just didn't show their true form last season. And I actually think Alderado Allen is, is one of these who... A, it's great to see him back, and he did well to win it at Exeter. And I thought he won at Exeter in spite of the trip. 
rather than because of it. I mean, he, he was off. He was under the pump from a long way out, but he really stayed well on that occasion. Yes, you could perhaps argue maybe Hickman kind of folded a little bit in the closing stages, but it was stamina that won him that race. He's entitled to come on for it. He's going up in trips of two and a half miles. Uh, and yeah, I respect all mankind totally, but he's short enough. Uh, first flow, I don't think the ground would be anywhere near soft enough for him. And uh, I, I think I think when I last looked at odds, Jack, he was seven to one. And he's, it sounds like he's, he's going to run. This race is going to cut up to mm. five runners. I think he's a huge price, personally. I think it's between him and all mankind. And seven to one plays six to four, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely with uh, Eldorado Allen at those prices. I think it's a, a massive price. Massive price, Eldorado Allen. As you say, seven to one pretty much across the boards. Andy? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be um, more keen to play this on the day once I knew what was in the field because, yeah. um, you know, if, if there are plenty of front runners in there, like I say, Ed, Ed's already pointed out, then um, it, it's it's a, it's a difficult way to, to it's a difficult race to process. But I'm a massive fan of all mankind. I mean, if there's not a gutsier horse in training than him, I, I, I haven't met one because. <laughs> his effort, his effort when he won at Aintree last time out was was the stuff of yeah, yeah. stuff of legends. He gave absolutely everything and some. Um, he mm-hmm. was he was just brilliant. Um, I was cheering him on and all the way through, even though I I hadn't got a financial too much of a financial interest in him. Too much. Um, there you go. I had to sit that in. <laughs> yeah, it was just a token bet because I love the horse really more than anything yeah. else. Um, yeah. Form's but, worked out well, hasn't it? <laughs> the form is brilliant, isn't it, Ed? Yeah. I mean, you know, the third and the fourth have both won. And yeah. they've both won well as well since then. Yeah, yeah. Big won. races. Midnight, yeah, yeah, Midnight yeah. Shadow yeah. and, and um, the other horse last Saturday, Fanny and Destravalla, what it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the time figure was excellent. So, look, yeah. he, he's a hard he's a hard horse for me to sort of oppose um, for various reasons. But um, whether I'd want to back him at a relatively short price, I presume he'd be a short price, up against Horses that might take him on, like a cool Cody, like you know, Master Tommy Tucker. You know, there's there's various horses in there that that might spoil the party, so to speak. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably just sit this out um, and hope that um, Old Mankind won it, but not probably not not from a financial perspective. Hoping there, but no bet there for Andy. Um, we are going to quickly, before we let you go, go over to the John Durkin. Uh, as I mentioned to Barry, we're kind of unsure at the time of recording on Thursday afternoon um, what is going to be the, the case with the Willie Mullins runners who aren't running on Saturday. We don't know if they're going to turn up on Sunday. Um, the, the prices are kind of going down as we speak for the John Durkin, but Envoy Allen is still the, the five to six favourite ahead of Fakir Duderi at seven and four. Alaho in at five to one. Asterian Falange seven to one. Janadil ten to one. Albin Photo twelve to one. I mean, we don't know, Ed. I mean, there's a, a suggestion that Alaho might run up against um, Envoy Allen with Fakir Duderi, as, as, as Barry mentioned, maybe because some concerns with the ground as well. I mean, how do you see this? It's, it's hard to give it a proper preview, uh, but how yeah. do you see it? Uh, yeah, again, uh, very hard to have any cast on assertions. All I would say is if Alaho did line up, I would back him. Uh, what he's <laughs> achieved over fences, uh, I still think Envoy Allen's very much priced up as a novice hurdler. <laughs> That's the phrase I've been using in terms of his, his chasing. There's no hiding place here. Uh, you know, Fakidu Derry, Alaho, he's in against a whole host of 165 rated plus chases. There's going to be at least two or three of them turn up. Yeah, it was great to see Envoy Allen win on his comeback. All that told you was he had four legs, nothing more. Uh, I, at the prices, Alaho does line up. Uh, I, I would be back in Alaho, even conceding the fact that Envoy Allen's got race fitness on his side. But uh, again, we don't have a clue what's going on here. And But I just, 
I I just wonder if Envoy Allen could go off artificially short, I suppose, probably would be the, the, the phrase I'm using here. But yeah, Alaho, officially rated 174. Off the top of my head, I cannot remember a more impressive winner of the Ryanair chase ever. I mean, he had good horses, absolutely cooked four out. Look, he's probably not going to be tuned up to that extent for this race today. But nonetheless, as I said, this is a totally different kettle of fish. Envoy Allen's uh, going to be taking on over fences. His novice chase campaign. He ran, what, three races at 1-33. to He had one race to try and win with half a task on when Asterion Falange fell at the first. And he managed to come home in isolation. Uh, and then since then, he's had another egg and spoon race last time out. And his only real acid test, of course, he failed to get round in the marsh chase. So, yeah, he's got a lot on his plate for a, what, what is he, a, a 10 to 11 favourite person. I think there's a lot more on his plate than the prices suggest would be how I'd sum it up. Andy? Yeah, I mean, th- this is a like a... A who's who of like a ten to follow everyone's ten to follows list. Yeah. Take, take your pick. I, I think you're only missing Manella Indo and a Plutard from a from an yeah. Irish perspective, and they're all there, aren't they? You know, Album Photo, Alaho, yeah. Jack and Paul Swine, Voy Allen, Duris, Sam Crow, Notebook. I mean, it's just it, you're just reading them, reading top class names off willy nilly. We'll probably end up with a four run race. Yeah, knowing now Irish trainers mm. operate. You know, Willie will run his one that. Did the best bit of work on Saturday morning, um, probably as late as that, or Saturday evening while it's mm. all dark. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, Ben Voy Allen, you know, probably end up flying the flag for Chevy Chevy Park. Um, I, th- I think that the flying the ointment for all of those sort of big guns, if you like, is Fakir Duderis. Um, I've got a healthy respect for him. Um, I mean, he, he absolutely battered Royal Rendezvous. Rendezvous was a good winner of the um, the Galway Plate. And was a fresh and fit horse going into Clonmel in the Clonmel Oil. And he clocked the kind of time figure that makes you sort of, you know, pick up your ears and notice. That said, Envoy Allen did nothing wrong on it on the numbers either when he won um, at um, Darren Royal as well. His, his comparative circuit times and sectionals suggest he's back to his absolute best. So this is a real, you know, clash of the ages, really, with these two. Um, Interesting to see how they price price the race up. Again, it's a difficult race to have a view on until we know the full field. But I agree with that. If Alaho was to turn up, he'd be, he'd be <laughs> along with Envoy Allen and and, and uh, Faco Duderis, there'll be a hell of a crowd um, yeah. um, pushing through the gates at, at Punchestown on Saturday because Sunday because that would be a race to savour. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty of good racing at Punchestown on on uh, Sunday. We can't do it justice here because, as we say, we're not aware of the runners. Uh, we were hoping to appreciate its first run over fences, but that maybe looks like we're going to have to wait for that as well. But we'll see. And uh, hopefully in the coming weeks, we will see that. Thank you very much to, to both Andy and Ed uh, for joining us as ever today and to 888 Sport Ambassador Barry Geraghty. Uh, please make sure you do download the Odds Checker app for the best prices. Bookie offers free bets, place terms and Andy's column straight to your app every morning of racing. Do subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of this preview content every week. And you can find this as a podcast on all podcast platforms as well. Thank you very much to 888 Sport for sponsoring the episode and to Barry Garrity again for joining us and to our two guests. Please ensure you enjoy the weekend's racing and do gamble responsibly.